0: Welcome to Financial Talks with Jude and Ed. Today, we're going to be talking about your journey to home ownership. Now, Ed, I know we spoke about a few things that we want to cover, but, you know, when you first think of starting that home ownership journey, what do you start thinking of? What's the first thing you're thinking of?
1: For me, I'm going to think about the down payment. How much do I need to save? How much can I afford? So generally... There's two types of down payments people aim for. 5% is the minimum that you have to put down. At that point, you're gonna have to pay insurance on your mortgage, which is a lump sum premium that gets added on top of your mortgage and incorporated into your mortgage payments throughout the entire life of the mortgage. And then the other amount that people look for is having over 20%. Because at 20% or more, you don't have to pay that additional mortgage insurance
0: fee. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Another thing I want to point out between the 20% difference and the less is if you do 20%, you can pay off your mortgage over 30 years, versus if you don't do 20%, you can, you can only take a maximum amortization of 25 years, and when I say amortization, it means the time it's going to take for you to pay off your mortgage. So if I say, "Oh, that's a 25-year amortization on that mortgage," I mean it's going to take you 25 years to pay off your mortgage if uh, the interest rates stay at this certain rate that you lock into. But we'll get into all of that later. Another thing is that you know, five between the difference of. Uh, Uh, down payments you do before the 20, say you do 5% down, you pay a certain percentage of CMHC. And the more you put down, the less CMHC you'll pay as well.
1: That's correct. Another great uh, point we should discuss is if your mortgage is insured, the ratios of your deal is going to be lower. Now, what I mean with that is The banks, they'll allow you to pay no more than 32 cents for every dollar you make for property tax, um, uh, your principal and interest payments, your condo fees and heating. That can be no more than 32% when it's insured. But if it wasn't insured, if you put more than 20% down, you would be able to pay thirty nine cents, or you know, for every dollar you make. So you actually get uh, approved for more if you don't go the insurance route. If you can put twenty percent or more.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when we talk about CMHC, what we meet is uh mortgage insurance uh i'm not sure if we mentioned that but yeah i think you know it all comes to how much risk the bank is taking the more that you're putting down towards your mortgage the less risk the bank is taking on that mortgage whereas the less you're putting down you have to get you know extra requirements in terms of how we're adjudicating or whatnot
1: Mm -hmm. that's right one thing uh, la- last thing I want to touch upon when saving for a home is the stress test. So now, even though your interest rate may be, let's say, two percent on mm-hmm. your mortgage, mm-hmm. when the banks look at the deal, they're gonna assume you pay four point seven nine or five percent, whatever the number that they have as the qualifying rate. mortgages Mm -hmm. so I just wanted to to point that out even though your your payments are being judged on a higher interest rate when you actually get the mortgage it is a difference in payments
0: so basically what you're saying is if you're going out there and let's make numbers easy uh, a hundred uh, a million dollar mortgage if you get a million dollar mortgage um, and you don't do the 20% down they qualify you at like say 5% versus if you did do 20% down they qualify you at the interest rate
1: no the stress test <laughs> is applied regardless mm. of the down payment you put down the okay. stress test is only when they're looking at the the ratios the 32 cents for every dollar mm-hmm. or the 39 cents for every dollar they they do it to, to, to see if you can assume higher payments in case in the future interest rates do go up, you are able to make those payments based on the bank guidelines.
0: So my question to you is then what determines 32 and 39? Is it credit rating or? Insurance. Is the
1: deal insured under CMHC? If it is, mm-hmm. you're, you're going to be allowed less of a pre-approval and mm-hmm. if... down or more, you'll have that 39 cents for every dollar that you can spend towards your principal and interest payments, your property taxes, your condo fees.
0: Okay, okay. So basically what I'm getting from this conversation is, you know, you can do as little as 5% down but you can go up as much as you want, even over 20%. You want to do 50%? You can. You can do 80%. You can. It all depends on um, your situation. And then based on what you're putting down, that'll determine how long it'll take you to pay off your mortgage, um, what your payments are looking like, and what you would be able to get approved for. Absolutely. Jude, I got a question for you. Do you Mm -hmm. have a
1: mortgage right now?
0: I do, I do.
1: And did you choose to put 5% or 20% down?
0: We actually did 10.
1: So you experience having to pay uh, the insurance premium?
0: Mm-hmm, I do, I do.
1: And why did you choose to put 10% down rather than 5% or 20%?
0: I think that's what we could scrounge up um, in terms of a down payment. Didn't want to do the five because uh, the payments ended up being a little higher than we wanted it to be at five. And also, you pay a bit more uh, CMHC insurance by do when you put in a ten percent. You'll end up paying less CMHC insurance. Um, and there was also uh, like we. Could have done more, but we did buy pre construction and a lot of things weren't included. So we ended up having to pay cash for, you know, your appliances, your air conditioner, um, you know, certain other things here and there as well. So blinds, for example. So we want to keep some money on hand.
1: Got it. That's a great point. Mm-hmm. When you were shopping around for a mortgage, what's some of the things you were looking at?
0: I guess really when you're shopping around at different places, the biggest thing you would look at is rates, right? Um, You would go from bank to bank to see what rates they are. Um, Usually when you go with the aid lender, which means, you know, one of the major banks, you typically get better rates. Um, That being said, that was like the major concern. We want to stay with the bank that we banked at to make it simple for us to make our mortgage payments, uh, but those were pretty much the, the two things we're looking at.
1: Got it. Did you choose a fixed or variable mortgage?
0: So we chose a fixed mortgage for this one. Um, I did buy a condo earlier on and I chose a variable for that condo.
1: Got it. So. I actually want to give some tips on whether you're going to go fixed or variable. Mm -hmm. One major impact is the penalty that you'll pay. If you go the fixed route, the bank is able to charge something called interest rate differential or three months interest, whichever one is greater. Now, just an example, if you had a million dollar mortgage at 2%, and you wanted to pay three months interest, that might be maybe three, four thousand dollars for those three months. But something like interest rate differential, they'll take a calculation. And I've seen penalties as large as forty, fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Granted, they were larger size mortgages. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are looking to break your term for any reason, I do mm-hmm. think the variable route is good or what you do is uh, you play the open or closed game now mm-hmm. do, you, do you know what I mean by open mortgage and a closed mortgage
0: I do but before we um, move on from what you were saying I with fixed rates couldn't could you say if you are moving from your current home to another home between a certain period of time, Could you move the portion of your debt at the current rate and add on new debt at a new rate and get a blended rate?
1: Absolutely, you can blend. And what you're talking about is some mortgage companies, especially the larger banks, they'll allow you to port your mortgage, which means that if you sell your property and buy one within a specific amount of time, call it 120 days, You'll be able to take the old mortgage, they'll roll it into your new house, and mm-hmm. the penalty that you paid, they'll refund back to you.
0: Okay, and then I believe with the variable, uh, they also refund the rate to you as long as you go come back to them, the three months interest.
1: Absolutely. Whether mm-hmm. you take fixed or variable,
0: usually mm-hmm. you're able
1: to port your mortgage with the larger lenders.
0: And of course, like the whole uh, you would always want to talk to your your bank whenever you're just thinking about breaking your mortgage and seeing what options you have for you.
1: Absolutely. Just because you may save half a percent or a percent, if you're locked into a fixed rate, the math works out so the bank doesn't lose. So a lot of times it's not worth it doing. If you are only paying three months interest, mm-hmm. then it, it definitely, the math can make sense.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you were talking about open and closed mortgages. Can you kind of go through that?
1: Definitely. So on a closed mortgage, the lender may only allow you to make prepayments of 5%, 10%, 20%, just depending on the mortgage lender and whether you took fixed or variable. Mm-hmm. On an open mortgage, you can pay as much as you want with no penalties and sorry going back to the closed mortgage when i say they only allow you to pay 20 percent, that's without a penalty anything above Mm -hmm. and beyond that amount they are going to charge the penalty so if you think you're going to be selling the property you're not sure when you would look at taking an open mortgage the rates are Mm -hmm. a little bit higher Uh, but if you're comfortable and you know you're going to lock in for the term you choose, i.e. three years, five years, you know you're not going to move, then going with a closed mortgage is going to give you a lower interest rate.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then it's a is a closed mortgage, a fixed rate or a variable rate, or it could it could it be both?
1: It, it could be both At that you just check with the lender
0: okay okay so i do know that um another caveat that you want to think about when you think about uh, open and closed uh mortgages is that like uh said kind of just figure out what you're thinking about in terms of what your plans are and based on those plans discuss with your mortgage rep or your bank to kind of figure out which options are best for you um there's another thing that I thought uh, you could kind of explain to us as well, because there's two major options when it comes to rates and that's variable and fixed rates. Um, Can you explain variable and fixed rates and their correlation to an open and closed mortgage?
1: Uh, So definitely when it comes to fixed rates, the I don't want to complicate things, but long story short, the banks will look at what the bond market interest rates are and provide a rate guaranteed. So regardless whether interest rates go up or down over the term, whether it's a one year or five year, seven year, 10 year term, it doesn't matter. It's going to stay fixed. And when you
0: talk about term, what exactly are you talking about? Because, you know, you mentioned amortization and now term.
1: Term is the length of time you commit to the interest rate. So over a 25 year amortization, you can have as little as, let's say, five terms because you go five years you know five times so you'll get to mm-hmm. the end of your mortgage at the end of 25 years mm-hmm. you could have 20 you could have 10 15 different uh terms maybe you lock in short term with a two-year three-year rate and mm-hmm. over those various terms you'll get to your 25 years
0: okay so basically you can lock a variable or a fixed rate for a certain period of time And that rate, whether it be fixed or variable, will be locked for that portion of time?
1: No, not exactly. So the Mm -hmm. fixed rate will be locked in. The Mm -hmm. variable rate will depend on the Bank of Canada. Mm -hmm. That The prime rates, Mm -hmm. variable is tied to prime. So if the economy is doing well and the bank raises their interest rates your interest rate is going to go up as well and if the economy isn't doing so well and the bank starts lowering the interest rate your interest rate lowers as well
0: okay so but in terms of the term usually uh banks will give you a fixed like it's it's a variable but they'll say it's prime minus 0.5 or prime plus 0.5 and whatever very prime fluctuates, that's what your fluctuation is. But that contractual agreement of prime plus 0.5 will be for the five year term or something like that. You're absolutely right. Okay, perfect. So, another thing I want to mention about the fixed rate, you know, which you mentioned earlier is based on what the bond rates are, and you get that fixed. Uh, And that's not going to fluctuate with prime, whereas variable, you can get it fixed in a term as like prime plus a certain amount, but that prime fluctuates and could fluctuate with what changes the overnight lending rate goes through. Another key feature of the variable rate mortgages I want to point out is you can lock it in and change it into a fixed rate mortgage at any time Uh, of that term correct me if I'm wrong Ed so for example if you took a five-year variable rate at prime plus 0.5 percent for example I'm not sure where they're at right now but say after two years you see the fixed rates go down to 2.2 percent you can always fix it into a five-year fixed rate at 2.2 percent As long as you're not fixing it into a rate that's lower than what's left on your term with the variable.
1: Exactly. So as long as you're locking into a term that's greater than uh, or equal to your existing term, or maybe they'll ask, it's got to be three years or greater. Talk to the mortgage lender uh yeah but you're absolutely right when you're a variable you can switch over to fix it does give that added feature
0: okay so it sounds to me that the variable is a bit more flexible than the fixed
1: absolutely it is more flexible i got mm. a question for you jude uh what term did you choose and what amortization did you choose also Your payments, did you go weekly, bi-weekly, monthly? And why did you make that
0: choice? So we went fixed, a five-year fixed rate. And we did five-year fixed because it was a great rate at that time. And I think uh, it was a really great rate. I think it was the lowest rate at that time. And then it went back up to maybe a percent more than what we locked in at. Um, Again, now it's a completely different story with COVID, with rates being at historical lows. uh, It's a bit different. But the five-year fixed is something we went with. Um, And it was more like, you know, we were thinking about where we're at, what we're doing with our family, what we're planning on doing with our family, how we're growing. And, you know, we we were thinking there's no way we're going to leave this house uh, within the next five years. But a five-year mark, we could reevaluate. Uh, Another thing is we took a 25 year amortization, uh, which was the highest you can take with the amount of down payment you you, we would be doing. And the reason we did that was to bring the payments as low as possible because we did take um, at that time uh, a hefty mortgage for ourselves. Um, But, you know, we did the 25 year amortization. And when you think about it, If you're in a five-year rate and you do a 25-year amortization, you pay off a fifth of your mortgage by the time you're ready to renew or move or do whatever. So uh, all of that played a key part in the way we thought about what we were going for.
1: And in terms
0: of payments,
1: did you go the bi-weekly route, monthly?
0: We went monthly, but I know that, you know, the bi-weekly route is probably... A better option you end up saving some interest over the long run um, I actually looked into this for a cousin of mine and you know you could save quite a bit of money per year um, in terms of uh, how much you save overall me it might be like depending on how big the mortgage is right absolutely yeah um, when you were buying a home uh,
1: you and your wife uh, what were some of the risks that you thought of prior to purchasing that home
0: i think you know when we were buying everyone was saying the market is hot the market is hot that it could tank at any time so you know one of the risk is the real estate risk which is um you know you buy at a high price and the market tanks and you end up losing a hundred two hundred thousand depending on how much it tanks but you know the thing the reason why we weren't too um, crazy or scared about that option was because this is our primary home it wasn't going to be a rental property or anything like that we weren't trying to flip it even if we did move and prices did go down, it means everyone's prices went down. So it's in relation, it's not a big deal. We still need a place to live. Um, so that's the reason why uh, that was one of the biggest uh, key risk moments that we were thinking of.
1: Got it. Did did the ability to ever afford mortgage payments, um, like income stability, maybe like... Uh, debt load or a family's increasing, did that ever come into your mind?
0: Oh, yeah, 100 percent, because, you know, we you want to live a certain lifestyle and you don't want your life to revolve around your home. And we want to make sure the mortgage and the property tax and everything that we were paying for housing was comfortable enough to still live a life that we wanted to live in terms of whether we go on vacations, buy nice things Um, that we wanted to buy. You know, we're not crazy people who are trying to buy extremely expensive things, but, you know, we do like eating out here and there. You know, I like gaming, for example. So, you know, having a bit of money for these kind of things and vacations and whatnot were important to us. So we didn't want to stretch ourselves thin on the mortgage aspect of it and I think that's where the discussion of budgeting comes with most couples or most families or anyone buying a home is because it's how that number is completely different for everyone right because some people might not care to do anything at all and are just happy with their home then they might be willing to spend a bit more money on the home right so you kind of break out your wallet and you see how much you're bringing in a month And see how much of that monthly income you're willing to put towards mortgage payments and housing costs. Now, I know the bank actually has a number for this. And I'm not sure if uh, you can share that number, but can you explain how the bank sees it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So like we were talking about earlier, the 3244 guideline 32 mm-hmm. being uh, gross debt servicing. All that means, it's a really fancy word. All that means is no more than 32% of your income can go to principal, interest, property tax, condo mm-hmm. fees. They'll actually only take half of them and heating. And then the 44 number means no more than 40, 40%, 44% of your debt can go towards all of that. The principal, mm-hmm. interest, property tax, condo fees, heating, and any other loan payments you have, maybe a car or a line of credit or a visa.
0: So did you, when, you know, you have a bunch of clients, when they come and talk to you about mortgages and payments and what's affordable, do you go by those numbers or do you talk to them about what they're comfortable with or is it a combination?
1: It's a combination of both. I let them know what the bank's guidelines are and if they think they're spending too much money on housing, maybe they want to spend more on vacations or entertainment, which is completely fine, they, they can choose to take a lower amount. But I'll tell them the most that they can get pre-approved for when it comes to like what the bank will offer.
0: Okay. Okay. So... I guess the good thing about getting an application and approval is that you know the bank will never let yourself be overextended especially when you go with the A lender they make sure that based on the math and the ratios and everything like that that you should be fine whether there's even an interest rate spike or a change in the market and that's all due to all the stress testing and everything like that so you know I think you're right in terms of figuring out that number that everyone's comfortable with and going with that in terms of when you purchase your property so can you kind of tell me what that application process would be once they're like okay you know what we like what we're hearing we like what we're thinking about in terms of an amount and whatnot can we do an application and see if we can get a pre-approval because a pre-approval really answers these questions for you like how much can you afford what are those payments at the most you would be able to afford and what do, do those payments look like
1: yeah definitely so in canada and I could specifically speak for Ontario because that's where I'm doing all my mortgage uh, applications for my clients. We will request your two years notice of assessment or T4s, two-year T4s, so that we can see how much you've been making on average the last two years. We'll ask for your most recent pay stub just to confirm you're still working. We'll pull your credit bureau, sorry i'll even go back if you're self-employed we may need t1 generals uh for two years uh, and then uh, like i said we'll pull the credit bureau uh we'll see what your down payment is uh, we'll look at the property that you're purchasing we'll run the numbers based on how much the property tax is, how much are the condo fees uh and and then give you uh, uh an approval Credit score is important. There is a minimum credit score. We say anything above 650 just in general will work, but we have approved clients at 620 and there's also uh, other lenders that will approve at a lower credit bureau. They may ask for a higher down payment, or an interest rate maybe uh, uh, more than what the banks will offer. Maybe a combination of both will happen to reduce the risk on the deal. Uh, but that's one thing that you want to uh, definitely take into account. Make sure there's no bankruptcies, collection items on your credit bureau. And if you do have them, ensure that they're discharged. It's not to say you won't get approved. It just makes the process a lot easier. Tougher. Uh, mm-hmm. Another thing that we want to um, that I want to mention is there's going to be a property analysis slash appraisal that occurs. So just because you get into a contract or you know you bid on a, a house and you say I think it's worth six hundred thousand, but the bank does their own appraisal and they say oh no we think it's only worth five hundred fifty thousand. That extra fifty thousand you're going to have to come up with. So it's very important that even if you get the mortgage approved, that they they review the appraisal as well to make sure the value that you paid for is justified.
0: Okay. so it sounds like how early would you like your clients to come in to kind of talk to you about a mortgage and how long does a typical mortgage application take?
1: So we can lock in rates for 120 days having a conversation there are some clients i talked to over a span of four five years because the first conversation we ran the numbers they didn't work or what we approved them for wasn't enough for them to enter the market so they had to earn more or pay down their debt or increase their down payment. Some had to do a combination of all three and we would just touch base let's say once a year or whenever they were having thoughts of buying. So this is a a collaborative ongoing fluid conversation but when you're looking at actually locking in a rate 120 days uh, and that will allow you to kind of, you know, search the market, know you have the, the pre-approval behind you. And, you know, as long as there's no major impacts that occur in your life, for example, you're, you still are employed, you could still meet the down payment, the appraisal comes back fine, right? You'll get approved.
0: Perfect. So it sounds like that wraps up the pre-approval process. You know, if any of you guys have any questions about mortgages or want any information on how to get a pre-approval or anything like that, you can reach out to both me and Ed. You can catch me at j.sacramentos on my Instagram and you can just DM me. Um, Ed, you want to shout out your Instagram?
1: Definitely. My Instagram is edwardthebanker. One word. Any questions, let me know. And guys, we're not done. Next week's episode, we are gonna cover the kinds of mortgages, using a mortgage agent, the home buying team, paying for your mortgage and the mortgage contract. But for this week, Jude, I'm so thankful we got around to discussing saving for a home, shopping around for a mortgage, understanding the risks, and then finally, the application process. Guys, thank you so much to listening to Financial Talks. We will see you next week. Sarnoya, it is Ed signing off.
0: Take care, guys. This is Jude. Bye.